In the name of one God, who is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I am a, uh, I'm definitely a person that is uh, enormously fortunate. I've been blessed in, in many ways, and one of the ways uh, I enjoyed uh, this weekend, I was able to officiate at the wedding of another family member, another uh, nephew, and it was down at uh, Lake Martin in the, oh gosh, Children's Harbor, in that quaint little chapel there on Lake Martin. And it was interesting because as we were um, gathered there, as I say, it's very small, very intimate, very quaint, but as we're gathered there, and I was enjoying the joy of uh, officiating at the wedding of, of yet another nephew, I had opportunity to look out at all of the family gathered there as well, and to see uh, different family members uh, that I had officiated um, at their weddings as well, uh, different nieces and nephews, and and they really uh, they've uh, they've taken to heart that verse, you know, and if it is God's will for the procreation of children and their nurture and knowledge of the Lord. Um, one nephew has five kids, um, a niece has three, uh, two of the nieces are now pregnant, and uh, as I say, officiating. Um, at the at the wedding of yet another nephew. And in addition to looking out and, and giving thanks for the fact that I've been able to be a part of that in their lives and the tremendous blessing that is there, I also looked out at the family gathered and, and remembered um, officiating at funerals, uh, being with them at, at various uh, difficult and, and trying and challenging times um, in their lives as well. The, the, the full spectrum, the, the heartbreaks uh, and the sorrows, the, the joys uh, and the blessings and the just the entire human experience. And, and I share that with you because I hardly qualify um, as as a wise elder um, by any stretch. But it gave me at least some small insight into uh, John's epistle that we read from this morning. Uh, and I would invite you along with me to reflect on and, and dig into both the epistle from John this morning and also um, the gospel according to John. And in the epistle, we see that John is now, uh, he's now an old man. Uh, he is an elder and he writes with love and affection to the Christian community, to his, to his family. He, he calls them um, my little children, my dear children, my, my dear ones. He writes uh, with love and with affection to this community of faith. And also, he writes with a genuine sense of urgency as well. He, who knows, uh, if he knew that his days were numbered, but he writes with a passion. He writes with an urgency, a desire to share with them the tremendous joy and strength and blessing that is available to us uh, in the Christian faith. And I want to reflect on this morning as we look at both the epistle and also the gospel, what we see, among other things in here, is this. We see the reality of the resurrection, the reality of the resurrection, and the implication of that in the lives of Christians. The reality of the resurrection and the implications of that in the lives of the disciples and in yours and my life as well. We begin with the gospel and we see that the disciples are gathered together behind locked doors for fear of the Jews. Uh, very likely this had been the worst week of their life, the worst week in which they had, could imagine Jesus, whom they had placed all their hopes upon, um, whom they had loved, who they'd lived in close community and fellowship with over these three years, had been taken from them suddenly and violently. 
Um, He had been crucified. He was dead. He had been laid um, in the tomb. And they are experiencing the tremendous grief of that, both for its suddenness and its sadness. Um, But they also very definitely are experiencing tremendous guilt as well. And And the baggage and the burden of that. Experiencing being cut off. Uh, from Jesus. They, of course, as you remember, they, despite their promises that they would be with him to the very end, despite the promises that they could count um, on them, despite their promises that they would never deny him, of course, we see that they did all of those things. They um, forsook him in his hour of greatest need. They denied him. Um, They deserted him. And they're dealing not only um, with the fear that they might be next, they're dealing not only with the sadness and the suddenness of Jesus' death, but they're also dealing with the tremendous burden of the guilt of their sins, the things that they had done and the things that they had left undone. And surely, um, as the prayer goes, uh, the burden of them was intolerable. I want to share with you uh, a brief story in just a moment, and I know it's one I shared with you before um, If you forgot everything I've said before, congratulations. It'll be fresh. Um, And if you remember, then 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 bear with me, because we see that they're gathered here behind um, locked doors. And then suddenly Jesus appears in the midst of them. And they are absolutely um, overjoyed uh, as Jesus appears to them. And he says those words, uh, peace be with you. It was uh, the summer between the freshman and sophomore year of college for me. Um, And I had done so exceedingly well that first year. I was invited to attend summer school. So I stayed over um, in Charleston, which was not, uh, of course, wasn't a bad place to be um, in the summer for starters. But but also um, one of the great things about summer school at the Citadel, you you got a little taste of what I'd heard was normal college life. You got to live off campus. You got to do all sorts of things. And so one of my teammates, David Aycock and I, we went on a road trip down to Florida. Uh, long story short, I, I crashed my car while I was down there and somehow managed to limp the car back to Charleston. But once it was back, it was done um, and the car um, would not drive. Mom and dad live in Atlanta. And um, interestingly, throughout the summer, tomorrow was always a better day to tell my father. Um, I thought, you know what? Dad's got a lot on his plate. God love him. Um, I'm, I'm going to let him know um, about this um, tomorrow. I, I went sort of to ridiculous Links. I, I walked to school, I rode the bus, I, I rode my bike, but an interesting thing happened over the summer. As I say, I sort of continued putting off um, telling my father what had happened, what I had done, because, uh, because I was afraid, uh, because I felt guilty, because I was burdened with the baggage of that. And an interesting thing happened in this. It, it impaired, it cut off my relationship with my father. I, I, I stopped calling him because... Um, I I felt guilty. I distanced myself from him as a result of this burden, this baggage that I was carrying around with me, this guilt that I had. And mom and dad, eventually they came um, to visit. And as you might imagine, um, one of dad's questions was, son, where's your car? Um, And I can still uh, visualize. We had an apartment there on King Street and we walked out of my apartment and, and down the alley to this little parking lot back there. And and I was just filled with dread um, as we walked toward my car. We walked down the alley. And we, we came um, to the car, and I, I can still visualize my father. He, he looked at the car, and he looked at me, and then he just he shook his head. And he, and he said, son, why didn't you tell me about this sooner? 
I could have done something about this. And at first I thought, well, he's being so kind because in a lot of the other things I've done, this is kind of a lesser infraction. I thought maybe that was that was part of it, um, perhaps. But but the reality was it. Uh, I share that story with you. In some ways, it's it's very simple, but it but it had a, a really profound impact uh, in my faith. It had a very profound impact in my understanding the gospel because John is passionate um, for the Christian community, not only to understand cognitively the message of the gospel, but to experience the power, the freeing power of it in their lives as well. And uh, when my father extended grace to me, when I knew full well, um, the burden of my sins weighed upon me. I was guilty. That was one of the reasons I didn't want to tell him. I had had no excuse. I had no um, out. I was completely guilty. And yet when I deserved judgment, when I deserved condemnation, instead, um, he extended to me uh, mercy. He extended to me grace. He extended forgiveness to me. And another thing as well is, as part of all that, uh, not only did dad extend that love and that grace and that forgiveness to me, it was my dad's initiative which restored our relationship. And not only was it my father's initiative that restored um, our relationship and opened that relationship again, but but he assumed the cost um, for that. I couldn't fix my car uh, on my own. Dad um, had to pay the price for that. Well, I share all that with you because, not surprisingly, that is the phenomenal message of the gospel. We see in Jesus appearing to the disciples who are gathered together behind locked doors for fear. We see him appearing again to Thomas that he might not be faithless but believing. We see the incredible message is that God takes the divine initiative and the gift of his son Jesus to restore our relationship with him, that which has been impaired that which has been broken as a result of our sin and of our guilt, God in his love and his mercy has first sought us to restore us in relationship with himself. And through the cross, through his blood shed for us, which John mentions in his letter, we've been washed, we've been restored. God assumes the cost himself that you and I might be restored in relationship with him. John uh, is practically bursting at the seams as he writes to the Christian community, says, you know, I, I want you to know what we've experienced, what we've seen with our eyes, what we've touched um, with our hands, this amazing joy and grace and love of God made available to us. We want you to share with us um, in this fellowship. And he goes on, of course, toward um, the end of the portion which we read today to share those words which are included um, in our comfortable words, that amazing uh, message that you and I, As people who live in a challenging and difficult and complicated world, in the midst of that, we can have the sure certainty of strength, of joy, of fellowship with our Heavenly Father, regardless of all of that which we experience in this life. The ultimate reality for us is one of hope. The ultimate reality for us is one of joy. It's not saying that challenges and complications and difficulties don't exist, but what it is saying is we know cognitively and we have the opportunity to experience as well that tremendous freeing good news of the gospel. And that God has come forth in His Son, Jesus Christ, to seek and to save sinners. That through his cross and through his resurrection, um, he's healed the breach which existed between us and our Heavenly Father. And he's opened to us the opportunity um, to be in relationship with him and receive the fullness of all of his promises. uh, The joy, the strength, the peace made available to you and to me right here, right now, today. John um, is desirous that they would know 
I'm desirous that we would know as well that incredible um, good news of God's divine initiative and the reality um, that Jesus came into the world uh, as a propitiation for our sins, as an expiation, as um, an atonement by all the various um, translations that he's come forth into the world um, that we might be restored in relationship with God, uh, that we might have joy and fellowship with him and with one another. Uh, And it is that phenomenal good news which grounds uh, and propels our life. And as we hear that this day, let us pray. Most gracious and ever-living God, we give you thanks that you have sought us in the gift of your Son, Jesus, and that through your cross and resurrection you've restored us to those who place their hope and their faith in you. Draw us to you now, we pray, that we might lay down um, our burdens, that we might be restored and made new by you, that we might find our hope and strength and certainty in you alone. And these things we ask in your name, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.